Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to the Mike on Much Podcast. I'm your host, Mike German. We're here with our friend and trusted producer, Max Kerman. We're also here with our pop culture aficionado, Shane Cunningham. Guys, it is 2022. Happy New Year. It's good to see your faces. I feel like in years past, we might have spent New Year's Eve with each other celebrating. Of course, this year, we did not. But before we get to New Year's, I want to go back a little bit to Christmas because Shane Cunningham, I saw on Instagram, you got NBA Jam arcade game, like an actual, like huge arcade setup that you would see like in an arcade. It it looks incredible. Walk us through this gift. I don't know any details about this, but it was very exciting to see that on your Instagram. Yeah. What more can you really say? You just set it up so perfectly, Mike. It's one of those (laughs) things where it's just a big old arcade system in my unfinished basement that all of a sudden that's my main hangout spot is my unfinished, ratty, (laughs) dusty basement. And it's really affected my nasal passages. I find breathing in that much dust because I've been down there so often. (laughs) So I'm getting a lot of uh, nosebleeds lately. But let's just talk about the game itself. Is it worth it to get an NBA Jam system? A lot of people were commenting on my Instagram about it. It's probably the most interest I've ever had in the history of me posting on social media. So yes, it's worth it. I'll cut to the chase. It, (laughs) It connects to the internet. I can, I'm oh, playing cool. people all over the country, the best players in North America I'm playing and in Europe. And it was a humbling experience because some guys are beating me by 30 points. And I'm not used to that because oh, wow. I'm one of the best NBA Jam players. Like if you're new to the pod, I entered a tournament and I came in fourth <laughs> place and this was uh, very elite players. So it's, yeah, it's addicting. I've got Alex going down and uh, playing with me. It's not the full arcade NBA Jam, although it does look like a real arcade system. It's a facsimile by a company called 1UP. 
but it's close. It's as close as you can get without actually having the real arcade system in your house. So did uh, I got two questions. One are like are the Raptors available on it? You said it's like it's updated. Like are the Raptors on this or is it the old school 90s one before the Raptors were in the league? Oh, it's old school 90s. Uh some of the players didn't agree to be part of the one up thing. I think <laughs> Detlef Schrempf or whatever his name is, he didn't agree to be in it. But Really? Why? Yeah, there's like five or six players cuz you know, there's a a minuscule fee that you they pay out and some mm. players want to negotiate and get more money and they don't agree or one up can't afford to have the players. There's yeah. My, Michael Jordan's never been in it. No. Right. It was when you played the bulls, you never got Mike. Mm. Yeah. He would never agree to it. And now when you got this, was it like yeah. a surprise? Did you have a blindfold? Did they, she walk you down to the basement? How did the reveal go? Like, how do they get an arcade in like for Christmas morning? I, I brought it in the door. It's <laughs> we, we talked about this okay. in the last episode. There's no surprises in a marriage, right? There, all the right. gifts are pre-planned. You buy me this. I'll get you this. It's just an exchange. <laughs> The excitement's more in the delay of, oh, I have to wait till yeah. Christmas to get this. And Christmas is an excuse to spoil myself. If I was to just buy this, I think it's like 800 bucks machine on my own, it might feel feel weird or selfish. But at Christmas, her giving it to me, it's yeah. my way to kind of buy it for myself through her, using her as a like a, a Christmas laundry, like when you money launder money. It's like that, but with <laughs> yeah. gifts. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Uh, that's awesome. No, it looks awesome. Maxi, what did you think when you saw on the Instagram that Shane had had an NBA Jam arcade game now in his basement? I'm going to be honest. For some reason, Shane's not in my algorithm, so I didn't even know this happened. Whoa. <laughs> wow. I don't know why. Okay. I well, apologize, Well, you, you have to like photos to get in the algorithm. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the reason. So we've solved that mystery. <laughs> yeah. But I'm going to work hard on getting you back in my algorithm, though. That's my Christmas gift to you. Yeah, a lot of our Kelsey music likes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're gonna go on your Insta and you're just gonna have like ten past photos, like our Kel's music likes, our Kel's music likes, our Kel's music. Yeah, likes. I'm gonna do it immediately. <laughs> but what do you think? If you came to my house, would you play the the game with me, or is that something you have no interest in doing? No interest. I've never been a video game person at all. I mean, there were some brief periods uh, of my childhood when I was into NBA Jam '98 and NFL Blitz. 99 those are like my two big video games but since then there I've is no games. nba jam 98 you're just making shit up. oh did that's i not well, a thing. That's not a thing. <laughs> like maybe there was some fifa of sega game that was or whatever ea Wasn't sports there an NBA jam something nba live 98 maybe nba live. i'm sure yeah nba live yeah Okay, NBA that's a totally NBA. different game. Mm-hmm. NBA Jam's like two on two. He's on fire. It's like a, it's a, you can. Oh, there's, yes, there's yes, two yes. like weird NBA games for my youth, like Arch Rivals, where you fight, and then NBA mm-hmm. Jam, which was like two on two. He's mm-hmm. on fire. Oh, you know, I do like those. The, though. The, yeah, yeah, they're yeah. fun. And then you have like the actual NBA games, like you said, like the ESP, whatever those ones are, like the EA Lives or whatever those ones are called, whatever the the basketball version of Madden is for football. I loved NFL Blitz though. Did you guys ever play NFL Blitz? I did, yeah. I did not. Yeah, well, yeah, I played a lot of that. Yeah, I, I don't have a super memory of it, but I was into NFL games and that was one of them. Nice. Yeah. Uh, Mike, what did you get for Christmas? Anything good? Any surprises? Uh, no, I got... So Danica and I actually, we don't do presents for one another. One of the things we did do was once we had Winona was... And actually, we didn't do it this year, but what we would do is I would get Winona a gift, but Winona wouldn't... Or sorry, Danica wouldn't know what it was, and Danica would get Winona a gift, and I mm. wouldn't know what it was, so that the surprise was kind of like we get to see it through the child's eyes. Mm. It's this, uh, Anyway, mm. so like the first year I got... Winona like a little toy piano, but Danica didn't know, right? So her opening that was like a surprise to Danica and Winona. 
Long story long, Dan and I don't do gifts for one another. So what we do is we do stocking stuffers. Mm. So in my stocking stuffer, I got uh, like a, because what I always do is I always like listen to podcasts in the shower. So what I do is I grab like the Bluetooth speaker and I like bring it and I have to like crank it because it sits outside the shower. She got me. How long uh, are these showers? Oh, I, I maybe do a 15 minute shower, 10, 15 minutes. But okay. I'm in the bathroom probably for half an hour. And so for that half hour, I like to have mm. my brain occupied while I do my business. Um, but so she got me a, a speaker that hangs in the shower. That's waterproof. That's blue Bluetooth that can play the, mm, the podcast, not as like cranked. Mm. Great, great stocking stuff for gifts. So that was very nice. Um, w- one, before I get to your gifts, Max, uh, do you guys listen to pods in the shower or do you just get like use the, the bathrooms? Like I'm here to do business and get out. No, I have a, I have a waterproof Bluetooth speaker that I exclusively listen to in the shower and it's great. It's awesome. Right, music or pods? Pod, obviously. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shaney, what about you? I take long showers and I don't play the pod because it shows how long I'm in the shower for. So if Alex can hear the podcast going for that long, she'll know I'm still in the shower. Where Are you trying I try to get to... away from your family? Is that why? Like, is that sort of like me time? <laughs> Maybe on a subconscious level, but I feel like I've always done long showers. It's my like therapeutic time. Like I'm talking 20 minutes maybe. Nice. But okay. when you say you're in the washroom for half an hour, Mike, is that because yeah. you plan your hoops with your shower every day you're on a schedule like that because I, I don't feel like you're grooming yourself for the extra 20 minutes <laughs> that, well that when i do fine tuning <laughs> i do currently have a mustache so when i do go into like have like it's like i'll floss i'll brush my teeth i'll do the mouthwash i do like to if i can squeeze in a number two i do like to do that <laughs> Pun intended. uh yeah, <laughs> I uh, and, and yeah, like I'll kind of make a thing of it, but I do do like I'll I, I like to shave like uh, like, you know, I, I leave like a stubble, whatever the number one shave on my face. Mm-hmm. I like to get in that once a day. So just doing that, taking care of my teeth. Yeah, I kind of make it a thing there in the morning. Uh, that's why it ends up being like a half hour thing, you know, because my father in law, John, he plans a poop every day before his shower like clockwork. Wow. Because mm. I was just at the cottage with him. So I, I've been kind of. Noticing everyone's little he schedules been... that they're on. <laughs> <laughs> he keeps a book. Like he's tracking it like a journal. Well, he talks about it too. It's not a yeah, secret, yeah. but I do notice it's a great technique because the steam in the shower gets rid of that shit smell. <laughs> oh, big time. Guys, let's clean it up. It's a new year. Like, I, we're cutting all this, okay? Yeah, Max, why do you hate it so much? Well, you know. this. I noticed this, in the sketch show, those were your least favorite parts. This is a sophisticated yeah. podcast, you know? Like, <laughs> okay, you're What if right, I run for right. prime minister one day, and then mm, they go back to mm. these podcasts, and it's just us talking about poo-poo and pee-pee all day long. You know, that's not good for my resume. Oh, funny. Yeah. <laughs> you're the people's prime minister. You said a poo-poo and pee-pee, almost like uh, John Travolta said that disease. De- what is it? Particularly, Shane always does it really funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what is that, John Tra- <laughs> What is that, guy? <laughs> the ridiculously talented. <laughs> yeah. A pee-pee and a poo-poo. Uh, <laughs> the ridiculously talented. That was, oh, that was and such he, a highlight. He fucks her name up so bad. <laughs> yeah. Dazim dance. I can't. Even, I can't even do it. Oh God, that is an all timer. Um, but it is the new year, uh, as Max alluded to. Actually, first of all, Max, what'd you get for Christmas? Since we're doing it, did you get anything good? What did I get for Christmas? Um, uh, Ash got me some good stocking stuffers. She got me a copy of The Atlantic. She got me a couple good things. Hmm. That's um, nice. What else did I get? I don't know. I don't, well, you know, I. Um, did I tell you what I got for my nephew and nieces? Because you know Christmas time is about the children. Did I ever, did they I got to that? go for out for soup with you or something, and and no, you went to a, a kitchen <laughs> you did like charity with them, with a charity them or thing yeah. with them, and then they got to have a bagel with you or something. 
<laughs> Did I get that wrong? <laughs> well, wasn't it something like that? So basically, it was like the 22nd or 23rd, and uh, the oldest one, Emma, who's 14, she's very artistic. Uh, she was bored. I was like, hey, let's go hang out. So we, uh, we, we got some pho. We got some soup. She never had it before, so that was kind of cool. And I was like, what do you want for Christmas? She's like, I don't want anything. I was like, okay, I'm in a bind because I haven't got your siblings anything yet. But you're into art, right? And she's like, yeah, I'm into art. I was like, okay, what if we... Oh, sorry. You, we did all this on the last pod. We did. So for our listeners, oh, okay, they've good. heard this. Oh, they've you heard commissioned this. her. You I commissioned, commissioned her. her oh, and, and you bought her the supplies. Yeah, and then I yes. and then I wrote cards to the kids, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. That's that? right. That's great. Okay. But yeah, good. what did you write in the cards? Did you was it personalized? Did yeah, you, well, because you know, I don't know if wrong? I think we might talk this like last year or two Christmases ago. I had written these really heartfelt cards to each one of the kids talking about what they mean to me and how how lucky I am that they're in my life and how Aww. special they are. Mm. And then I realized that little kids don't give a fuck about cards. So when Christmas mm. morning came around, they opened the card. They don't even read it. And they throw it out. The, and it really kind of broke my heart. Because I was like, <laughs> I was like, Kai, I know you're four. But I spent a lot of time writing that fucking card. That's what I was thinking. Kai, I know, I know you don't know how to read yeah. what I wrote into that card. <laughs> like, Ellie, like, what the fuck? Like, respect me. Um, and uh, so my card. So I kind of... Um, Kind of went in the other direction. I, I said, um, I like how you can't talk about shit or poop, Max, but your disdain for children is always just riddled with swear words. <laughs> <laughs> These fucking kids, they don't fucking give a shit. So to Emma, who who uh, she made me nine cards. So I gave her one of her cards back to her that she had drawn herself. Dear Emma, great job on the card. You hit it out of the park. Please enjoy the activity of having made these cards as your Christmas gift. Love, Uncle Max. Man, I'm Dear, getting a little misty over here. Yeah. Aww. You're quite the wordsmith. <laughs> Dear Ellie, you're a good girl and you deserve a good card. So here it is. Your sister Emma designed it. So give her a hug. Let's hang over the break. Love, Uncle Max. Okay. Dear Lex, you're a good boy, so you deserve a good card. Your sister Emma painted it. How nice. Let's hang over the break and we'll put some items on Uncle Max's credit card. I tried to switch it up. And then, Dear Kai, I know you're six and don't care about cards, but please hold on to this beautiful card that your sister Emma made. Put it in a memory box and come give me a hug, Uncle Max. So that was it. So it was pretty good, right? Well, it's it's kind of in a weird purgatory of writing because it's not funny, but it's not sentimental enough. <laughs> <laughs> it's really weird. Um, but then I did end up hanging. I'm not going to address that. I thought it was kind of funny. Um <laughs> They're going to look back on those cards and be like, Uncle Max had a good sense of humor. Really? That's what I think. Okay. Uh, well, is it Hemingway who wrote very direct and simple prose? <laughs> yeah. Are <laughs> we comparing his cards to Hemingway? I wonder if Sean guy. Dawson would agree because he's a Hemingway guy. Yeah. I, may, maybe he was drunk when he wrote them. That might be the only thing that's the uh, same as Hemingway. Uh, so then, um, but I did manage to hang out with them uh, one time uh, over the break so far. I know we're still kind of in the break because no one's going back to school. But um, I was like... Um, Actually, I kind of want your opinion on this. And they're a little older than, than your children because they're like, uh, the ones I hang out with were, uh, how old are they, like 12 and 10 or 13 and 11 or something? I have a three-year-old, yeah. So I pick, yeah. A little bit old. <laughs> about the same, right? <laughs> yeah, like under under 16, every child looks the same to Max. It could be three months, it could be 12. A one-year-old and a three-year-old. It goes yes, in the kid category. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of the same thing. <laughs> they're not adults. Right, correct. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I picked him up. I was like, let's go hang at my place. I, our, my friend Daniel Rosenthal came. It was like the middle of the day. It was like a Wednesday or something. Um, I was like, hey, you guys hear the news about uh, Desmond Tutu? And they're like, what? 
I was like, Desmond Tutu, you know, you know about him? Like, huh? I was like, he died. You, you, you didn't follow the news on this one? They're like, well, who's Desmond Tutu? I was like, you guys don't know who fucking Desmond Tutu is? And they tried to start explaining to them about apartheid in South Africa. And then I was like, Nelson Mandela, does that mean anything to you? And they're like, uh, kind of. I was like, what the fuck? And so then I was like, all right, we're watching A Long Road to Freedom. So I sat them down and we rented the Idris Elba movie about Nelson Mandela. And mm. I started, um, they're actually quite mm. into it. And I would pause the movie anytime they were, they had some questions I also had to, I had to do the thing where like Idris Elba is having like, um, an affair and I had to kind of, and there's some like sex scenes and stuff. So I had to kind of fast forward through that. Ellie kind of like was sort of like looking away as they were kissing. I was like, and then she also knew that the woman Idris Elba who plays Nelson Mandela was kissing was not his wife. And she's like, what's this about? I was like, Oh, I was like, people are complicated, Ellie. Uh, mm -hmm. And then I fast forwarded it. Um, and uh, <laughs> a lot of lessons, a lot, a lot of lessons in this movie. Yeah, you cast Idris Elba. You're going to need to throw in some uh, love scenes there. That's right. That's right. But then, so none of it happened at all. <laughs> 20 minute workout scene. He's, he's jacked in this movie. I, bet. I don't remember Nelson Mandela being that jacked. Anyway, so then we watched a thing. I think they were, they learned a lot. And then at the end, Ellie's like, yeah, he's cool, but I think Stan Lee is cooler. I was like, Stan hmm. Lee? I was like, you mean the comic book guy? She's like, yeah, I think Stan Lee's awesome. I was like, he's not cooler than Nelson Mandela, though. I was like, she's like, yeah, he is. He, he writes books that I read. Isn't that a good thing, that I read books? I was like, yeah, that's fine. But Nelson Mandela's way more important than fucking Stan Lee. Like, didn't you just watch? She's like, I don't know. I think reading books is just as important. I'm I'm a student. I think reading books is great. I'm like, listen, if weren't people like Nelson Mandela, you wouldn't even be able to read books. You know, little girls weren't even allowed to go to school or vote. And then somebody like a Nelson Mandela who cared about his their community, the suffragettes. Do we have to watch a fucking movie? I was irate. Sounds like a great time. It's such a good holiday hang. How was wow. it hanging with Uncle Max? <laughs> <laughs> yeah i hate him <laughs> <laughs> well i guess my question so my question for you is have you guys started to uh, show biopics to your kids about important leaders uh, that did good stuff for their community you call them bible picks no biopics bio, bio. <laughs> biographies yeah just to reiterate yeah. i have a three-year-old and a one-year-old <laughs> <laughs> So you're not doing a long road to freedom? No, not yet. Not till they're I four. So. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. But if 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 my children do need a lesson on history, I know who I'm not going to let them hang out with uh, because that was terrifying. No, I, honestly, send send them over here. That, well, no, they can come over to the house whenever they're ready, and we'll throw on, uh, you know, the Malcolm X biography. Um, <laughs> the Spike uh, Lee movie. Yeah. yeah I yeah. wonder what the like, best uh, biopic for a young young child will be what's the best introductory biopic it's a good question great question like yeah what yeah, who, like because i do think having those inspiring leaders is important uh not to teach you about parenting guys but what the tip i'd like to offer today is more <laughs> biopics for the kids yeah okay they okay. got they got to start learning about this stuff now. It's important. Yeah. Well, I feel like religious families would consider Jesus uh, a biopic on Jesus. I'm sure there's lots of kids that get. Uh, I was going to say that. Yeah, yeah, they probably get maybe not the Passion of the Christ, the Mel Gibson one, but I'm sure some <laughs> sort of cartoon. Noah's biopic. Ark, probably. There you go. 
Yeah. I wonder if even religious people think that's more like mythological or like a fable. Yeah, yeah. They don't actually, religious people don't actually believe that there was an ark, do they? I think so. Or do they literally think that happened? I think they, it depends, I think, on the level of uh, of their, their, their belief and devotion or faith, I suppose. Hey guys, give me Either one. they think that all this. Sorry. Keep, yeah, it's fine. Sec. I can keep, keep talking. talking. He's trying to dip out of this uh, religious conversation in case he runs for prime minister. <laughs> He's actually taking a He's call. He's taking a That's call mid pod. What a start to 2022. I thought it was going to because because normally Max has technical issues. Yeah. This time he's actually walking out and taking a call. This is That's amazing. I say we keep all this. Me and you keep doing this pod until okay. he comes back. So so I mean, let's do it. Listeners heard it. Max, instead of having a technical issue, took a call. We need to find out what this call was because. It must have been important. It, it was clearly more important than what we're doing right now, which is recording a pod. Yeah, we can do a demo right now for S&M Podcast, which if you remember, <laughs> Mike, do. we used to have the Shane and Mike Podcast, which was S&M. It was, yeah, S&M Creative Club. Uh, Shane and Mike yes. Creative Club. And I forgot, you reminded me after we started this pod that we'd actually shot some film in my old apartment. I had a, a bachelor apartment in downtown Toronto on Stephanie Street, good old Stephanie Street, uh, and right on Queen and John there. And... I uh, remember we we bought lights at Home Hardware to light the apartment, yeah. and we basically made like a very like um, Wayne's World esque home studio, and we recorded a pod. It was just me and you, and we had we filmed it too. We totally had, like, interns, yeah, <laughs> interns on as guests. Uh, Stan and Stan brought his buddy. I can't remember his buddy's name, but those recordings must be hilarious. Max just came back wearing a Buffalo <laughs> Bills coat. Uh, he doesn't have his headphones on yet, but we're going to... He's thrown the coat just off Just chucks now. it. He looks a little perturbed. Oh, geez. Now he's... he's probably going to swear when texting. he Texting. Okay, here All we right, go. back, baby. Max, yeah. we, we, we rolled that whole time. And oh, good, good, good. Mostly good. we were just a little uh, put off. I mean, you you took a call in the middle of our podcast. You now have to share. If someone's dropping off a, 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 a rapid test that I need to grab. Oh, mm-hmm. the, the age we're living in. So. Uh, well, I hope you're good. I hope you're good. Totally fine. Where, where are you headed? Uh, we'll talk about that off air. Off air. Okay. Oh, Jeez. all right. Another biopic in theaters with the children. <laughs> yeah, <that's, laughs> yeah, but uh, okay. Well, it is 2022. Did anyone do anything for... Let's talk about our New Year's before we get into some other topics. Uh I mean, yeah, I guess like in our younger days, you know, we'd really get together and and and, and celebrate the the new year coming in um, as a group. Uh, not only do we, some of us have families now, but we're in a, a raging pandemic. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know where you you live in the world while listening to this. <laughs> that was the biggest obstacle from getting together. I that's think. probably it. it's not the children. We would have found somewhere to. Well, stick we the had children. plans. Yeah. We were going to go to Mike D's yeah, place yeah. And, and bring in the new year. We were going to do the same, but instead, uh, yeah, I did some absinthe, or I guess. Did it sounds like a drug? I drank absinthe and oh, ate wow. tacos. Yeah, it was fun. Wait, wait, no wait. hangover with absinthe, by the way. I know, well, like it's high alcohol percentage, so it's somewhat dangerous to be looking at it like you can drink more because there's no hangover effects. But there is no hangover with absinthe. But still, that's that be can't careful. be true. What do you mean? It there's is. no hang. It's zero hangover. Well, how is there no hangover? It's just how it is. How it's composed. <laughs> I've drank absinthe a lot this year. And it's, been a, it, it's been a tough year. <laughs> produces zero hangover. So I looked it up. Alex gets no effects from it either. And it's a thing. But because of that, it can be problematic because people can overconsume it. Mm. But it is mm. the best feeling. It's almost like a high more than a drunk feeling you get. Wow. It's very fun. Huh. What did you, what, who drink you responsibly with, with it? Who was I with? <laughs> Yeah. My wife. Just the two of you guys. Alex. Just yes. the two of us. Like, yeah, I don't. The kids were upstairs sleeping. 
Uh, we watched Miley Cyrus and Pete Davidson's special. How was it? I, mean, I thought it was pretty good. It was funny. Those Please Don't Destroy guys showed up, obviously, and oh, made me a little just depressed. to rankle you. <laughs> yeah, they wrote a large portion of it. Uh, and I like those guys. Don't get me wrong. But they are a little bit one-trick pony-esque. You can tell mm. the stuff that they write. It all has that similar voice to it, which can get annoying, even though like I'm fueled by jealousy while watching it. So <laughs> you know, take my opinion with a grain of salt. However, there was one skit where it was funny where Pete Davidson and Miley were talking about how their tattoos and their drug image is all a facade and they're really not like that in real life and it's all just an act. But it was it was really funny. It was like laugh out loud funny. So, yeah, it was cool. Mike, what do you do? Honestly, nothing. I didn't do anything. I, I, I have a I have a baby due in like within like just over a week. And so I did. I feel like Danica and I have gone into hermit mode. Uh, we sort of have done like nothing. And New Year's Eve was no different mm-hmm. than that. We were also planning to go to Mike D's on New Year's Eve with Alex and Shane and all, a bunch of our friends. But then once this crazy Omicron thing started surging, we were just like, we can't really risk getting a contact, a close contact, because then I can't go to the hospital to see my, my second child born. So mm. we have been very boring, like lockdown family, even hangouts. Um, we do rapid tests. So actually, my brother uh, and his partner's fiance Laura came over on the the twenty seventh. So it wasn't New Year's. It was a little after Christmas. But for me, it was like my last hurrah because even now, it's like I can't be drinking. I got to be ready to like drive that car the minute that baby comes. That baby mm-hmm. can come mm-hmm. during this podcast. You know, that's how we're wow. in the we're in the red zone, man. So uh, that night was like the last like I'm going for it, and it turned into a classic like Veerman hang where. Greg and I drank literally everything in my house. And then we were starting to like drink coolers. Like any, you know, you're going into the the, the cabinet and you're like, what can we make now? We literally, we were watching like clips from this TV movie from the nineties called the Jackson's an American dream. Uh, And we, we're making Laura sit through like these hilarious scenes where Joe Jackson's making the kids perform. And we're just like, this was like, we, this was such a huge movie for us. And then we're watching like Motown 25. And we just went down the YouTube rabbit hole of performances, like Annie Lennox, the Arrhythmics, like everything you could think of. <laughs> and it's like, I remember I got a text at one point from Danica. It was like two in the morning and she's like, Hey babe, you know, like maybe Laura wants to go to sleep a little early. So, and I'm like, this is the last time I get to party. Leave me alone. And then, and then we're like, we got music going. And we're in the, we're down in the rec room and then all of a sudden like i look over like just as like the bottom of the stairs and i see a small child and at this point it's like almost three in the morning i'm like ah! and it's it's winona she's woken up because of how loud the music has been and then she comes in <laughs> if it in. wasn't winona that would be freaky that'd be a <laughs> so weird child? twist yeah what the fuck <laughs> um so but then i was like oh my i had this moment as i'm looking at when she wants to come and hang with us and like me and uncle greg are super drunk and i'm like Oh my God, I just became my father. I'm like, I used to be that little kid. So now I'm having this weird, like ghost of Christmas past moment. Essentially, I'm like, I'm like, come here, do some dancing. I'm like, oh my God, I'm like, I'm my dad. I'm like, this is insane. Do some dancing. It was crazy. And then, and then she, and then Danica was up there. She's like, okay, let's go back to bed. But then she's like, I want to stay. And I'm like, I used to want to stay. And then eventually Danica, you know, ushers the child out. And then Greg and I, yeah, we went to like four in the, it was like, it was such a fun, like last drinking hurrah as far as like i know that like the second baby is going to be here soon and then anyone that's had a small child you know you're basically just like you're you are off the grid for the next three months at least you know and that's like that's like non-pandemic times who even knows what it's going to be like going forward but like yeah it felt like a fun sort of like send-off so 
It's a long way of saying for New Year's Eve, I didn't do anything. And I felt like my New Year's Eve or anything, my Christmas, everything was that, that night on the 27th when uh, my brother came by. Not one mm. drink on New Year's Eve. Didn't touch anything, no. Did you watch anything? I, you know, it's a good question because we didn't even... Oh, I did actually. I did. I, I'll, I'll talk about what I watched once we get to our recommendations. So uh, basically my New Year's mm. Eve, unlike like, you know, you and Alex had a bunch of absinthe and hung out. Dan and I kind of like hung out. Then we got wind to bed and we we're like, are we going to like watch something together? We're going to kind of stay up till midnight and have a kiss. And we're both just like, she's like, I'm going to bed. I'm like, cool. I'm going to go and watch something. <laughs> and so like I had a very ordinary <clears throat> night, but I will talk about what I watched when we get to our recommendations uh, uh, a little mm. bit later in the episode. Two things before we get to Max. Shaney, did you get like lit with Alex on New Year's Eve or did you like sort of be reasonable? Because you still have to be up with kids in the morning. And then I want to know, Maxie, what you did for New Year's Eve. So Shaney, you answer and then throw it to Max. Well, the I, I was very warm and euphoric and happy, but I wouldn't say I was like classically drunk. Yeah, and that's kind of the beauty of absinthe because you do that and you get this very romanticized glow in your eyes and you feel good and you're all happy. Oh, nice. So that's the zone I was in. We were texting a little bit. And you said, I wish I was drunk. It was like 1230. Oh, with the, with the sketch show, yeah. the sketch show group. We were like in yes. like a text with that. And everyone was like, yeah, it wasn't. It, yeah, it sounds more depressed out of context. <laughs> like it was, we were uh, sending funny texts and yeah. you probably could tell we were a little bit litty and you weren't. And you were just saying, I wish I was had some. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Maxi. Tell us about your evening. What did you do? You're a, you're a man about town. You're in Toronto. Yeah, there, I mean, there wasn't um, a whole lot going on. And I think everybody was being pretty cautious. You know, I think they told people only 10, 10 people was the max you could get yeah, together. Yeah. Uh, so I think we I think we maybe had like 11 or Uh-oh. something. But we had, um, you know, the nut was here. Uh, Dr. Civelli was here. Uh, we had an unnamed politician, <laughs> a federal politician oh. that I will not mention by name, okay. but he was here. And we got to uh, quiz him on a lot of uh, federal issues, which is very fun. It makes for a lively debate because basically whenever we're talking about anything in the news and we just go, all right, like, what do you think? You're the guy in charge. And then he'd have to answer. Uh, It was also fun, too, because – sorry, go ahead. Was he a fun guy? Oh, he's a very fun guy. He's a friend. Yeah, we've known this person for a while. And um, and then we also kind of went around the room and made speeches because that's my favorite part, right, of getting together is like everybody has to like, kind of say something thoughtful. His was very like stump like. He was like a stump speech though because it was like you know politician. I was like, all right, uh, enough with the politics. But no, he was great, <laughs> and uh, it was fun. Like we we made some food. We asked people to like. I basically we had like a text group, and I was like, all right, every we need this, this, and this. So now our fridge and our cupboards are like stocked with. Uh, about like six months work worth of drinks and food and treats and stuff, which was really good. Um, we played the Golden Girls theme song at midnight. That uh, was that was the big song. Good one. Uh, when the clock struck twelve. In honor of and Betty White. R.I.P. In honor of Betty White. And um, the one kind of funny thing happened. You know, like if you're if everyone's like having a good time, there's a point in the night where people just kind of start falling. Yeah, have you, I don't know if you guys like have been in a party like that, but basically <laughs> there was like a black hole kind of at the end of the the island part of the, of the kitchen where like people were just like dropping glasses um, <laughs> and then falling like just like it wasn't slippery. There's no like tilt to the ground. Somebody like fell into the guitar. Somebody like oh. So our friend Psycho came. He fell like out of nowhere. Like he was just like literally. It wasn't like a dance party or anything. It wasn't like badly lit. It was just like people were just falling over. And then now, and uh, Birch was like, "Is it like a black hole at the end of your your kitchen here?" Um, but yeah, it was great. And then we had a very like lazy uh, Jan Jan one, and then that was about it. But uh, yeah, it was nice. I I, I look forward to uh, making speeches. Uh, you know, around a table with you guys soon. I missed you guys. 
Yeah, like what's an example of a speech? Because I've I've listened to your cards. How is the speech? Tonight is a good night. I love this night. You guys are really good. I mean, I can't even really recall exactly what I said, but I try to personalize it uh, to the people that are there. So I'd say something kind of heartfelt and thoughtful about each person there and what makes the night special or different or unique. And uh, that's good. Because sometimes, because, um, you know, I've been at, at bars the odd time and, you know, you meet random people and then, uh, and then, like, I want the, the this tradition to be passed on. And most people are like, some ships are best ships and friendships are this ships. And I'm like, I don't want to fucking hear that shit. Like, that's not a very original, interesting toast speech. So if you're if you're out there and you're listening, no more of that bullshit rhyming thing. I want something from the heart. If you if you're doing a speech uh, toast with me, do you tolerate bad speeches? Like, not everybody's a great you know, uh, a person to get up and just sort of be an orator or whatever. Like, uh, you know, you know, whenever you're picking people to speak or your wedding, for instance, you're always like, Ooh, that one, that one actually can deliver a speech. Well, we got to let mom do it, but mom's not really a great talker, whatever. You know, you're saying I want it from the heart. I don't want some, some mm-hmm. bullshit pre-planned thing, but how do you feel when one of the, your friends isn't very good at it? I think as long as they keep it short, it's good. You know what mm. I mean? Like it's just, it's just a, it turns into an issue if it turns into like, you know, a two minute thing and there's no flow or rhythm to it. Mm. Got it. But uh, you guys would both be great. Actually, I don't know if Shane would be good at it on the, in, do you think you'd be good at giving a speech in the moment? Well, Mike and I got together for a drunken kind of time over Zoom with the sketch thing. Mm. And we all gave kind of improv speeches in the moment. Yeah, it was mm. very much like what you're describing, Max. Yeah. And I thought, like everyone did well there and typically it's somewhere I wouldn't have done well but because I actually meant what I was saying it came out easier sometimes you're forced to give a speech and you got to say a bunch of good stuff that you're not necessarily a hundred percent on board with but you know it's gonna sound good so I, I have this internal conflict where I want to be so real and authentic that I can't do it and in that way I'll get stumped because I don't want to like betray myself and lie to me or the person (laughs) yeah but in our uh when we were having our sketch comedy meeting everything came out very naturally and easily and Mm. it was exactly the way i thought and felt so i felt like oh that was good stuff you said there shane because it was so true but in in most situations i couldn't have it was a it was a great speech it was very authentic and one thing speaking of the sketch comedy show i wanted to say because a lot of people had reached out and said how awesome it was to hear about the sketch comedy show in our last episode uh and we were talking about you know giving each other our flowers while we're here and one thing i realized i didn't say when i was listening back is shane how, so how good you are in the show and i'm not saying this just to blow smoke up your ass but one of the things i forget no, some blow away yeah. <laughs> one of the things <laughs> I, for, I i think that i forget about you or i'm guilty of is i'm like oh because shane knows how the omelet is made he's doing everything he's literally he's writing you know he's involved in all of the creative he's he has like a macro big picture sort of like view of how a sketch is made that sometimes him performing in it, you just go, oh yeah, that's just something else he can do. And you kind of, you realize it's part of the package and you don't really point out like, oh, you're also really good at that. But I also forget like you're, you're acting in this thing and that's another part of creative. And I think that that's something that needs to sort of be said is that how good you are at acting in this thing. And I don't know if I've heard many people talk about that because, and I don't think it's because you're not good. I think it's because people just, 
assumed you would be good. And so you're sort of meeting expectations, which are already high. So people are just like, oh, yeah, this is just another thing Shane can do. But I think it should be said how fucking good you are at acting in this thing, which is a whole other skill set than just sort of talking on a pod or directing something or writing something. And so I wanted to say that in 2022 because I didn't say it on the last podcast. Man, you totally redeemed yourself. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> had it crossed your mind that no one brought up your acting in the last episode? No, it hadn't. I hadn't even thought about it. Maybe I'm taking my own skills for granted. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I in the same boat as you. Yeah, that's what I'm, I'm trying to say. You're, you're an exceptional actor I when it's it. just, uh, you know, something we kind of go, oh, yeah, it's just something else he can do. But it, it is. Hard you know, I was it. thinking about you as an actor, Shane, and mm. I'm so used to your face because you're my friend of a very long time now. And I'm really curious to know what people are going to think, people who don't know you, what they're going to think of your face. Do you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) and sometimes I think about this with myself because it's like, if I'm I'm a dude in a band, if you don't know me personally, like, what do you think of me? Because sometimes, like, I look at a photo and I'm wearing something ridiculous. I'm wearing, like, short shorts on stage and a very colorful outfit. And I think to myself, like, I wonder if someone who, like, just doesn't know me or know sort of the breadth of my interests and my history or whatever, if they just sort of judge me by this one thing, what they, who they think I was. And then I was thinking about you in that regard on the sketch show. I'm like, oh, do mm-hmm. people think, are people going to think he's hot? Are people going to think that uh, he's strange looking? Are people, is he likable? I don't know. I, I, I'd like, I wonder, what do you think your feedback has been from strangers, Shane? Well, what's good about a sketch show is you get to show the many ways you can look. So in mm. the opening sketch where I'm playing an ad executive, I changed my posture to look differently. So you create like more rolls in your neck and make yourself look, you know, not as handsome as you'd like. And then mm-hmm. a thing like the the kiss, your posture is more, I'm playing more like myself. So I'm trying to look as I would look in real life. And then, mm-hmm. you know, each sketch you do get a different glimpse. I, I would think, and I'm wearing wigs mm-hmm. in sketches. So I do think I get a pass. Having a mustache though is... It's tricky to be likable and have a mustache. If you're another yeah. guy looking at another man, you know, when I see mm-hmm. Mike, maybe I'm, I don't like him as much with a mustache. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's hard because I'm not used to Mike as much with the mustache. Mm-hmm. So in my, when he has it, I feel like he doesn't look as likable in the mustache. And then I'm thinking about me. Oh, I don't look likable all the time because I have a mustache and people think of that as such a hipster aesthetic or a mm. try hard look that it's really hard to get the uh the thumbs of approval from other men women are a little bit more lenient They'll, they have more of a love-hate relationship with it interesting uh well speaking of acting i want to talk about my recommendation let's uh, do it you know yeah let's so 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 what is this segment max is this our recommendations for stuff we're watching currently or what we liked in 2021 or just what we're digging at the moment yeah i think what we're digging at the moment because i think love right it. now obviously you know they just announced some new lockdown measures people yeah. have a little bit more time on their hands I think people are looking to get content that's not necessarily the news cycle because we're inundated with that. Uh, And one of the things that I've really loved in the last week uh, was a show that is available on Disney Plus in Canada. I think it's a Hulu production, though. It's called Only Murders in the Building. It's starring Steve Steve Martin, Martin Short, and Selena Gomez. There's also some big-time cameos, too. Uh, Nathan Lane, Sting is in it, Tina Fey really awesome cast and it is a very goofy crime murder mystery with a podcast element to it 
uh, because these three people, the three main characters, live in the Arcanian, which is a building in uh, probably the Upper West Side of Manhattan. And a murder happens in their building, and the three of them who are obsessed with murder podcasts, true crime podcasts, they're like, oh, we should just solve this murder ourselves. And um, the acting of Martin Short and Steve Martin, it was, it was really fun to come back to because those are characters that have been in our lives since we were children. Like, I think some of my, like, earliest memories of watching movies is, is like, you know, I, I, um, The Jerk. I think my, my dad showed me The Jerk when I was, like, a, a small kid. I remember it's Father a classic. The, yeah, Father of the Bride, also starring Steve Martin and Martin Short. And Hold on one second, though. Just because just I love The Jerk so much, can we all say our favorite scene from The Jerk or a memorable scene? I don't even remember, so you tell me. Go there, ahead. There's a scene where uh, Steve Martin's character is at a gas station, and he's like he's sort of uh, famously gullible. He's almost like the original Forrest Gump in a weird way because he kind of goes on this interesting odyssey um, from this sort of rural family. And anyway, there's this sniper that is mad at him, and he's trying to like shoot him from the hills, and Steve Martin's at this gas station, and he's got these like cans of oil behind him, and Steve Martin's like at the gas station and the sniper keeps missing him and so it's like and like so the the, a can will start leaking oil and then another can gets hit and starts leaking oil and then steve martin is like you'd think he'd be nervous that he was about to get shot by a sniper but he goes these cans are defective yes he thinks the cans are (laughs) exploding Uh, and there's so many good scenes in that movie. Shaney, do you remember any from The Jerk that stand out? For some reason, we must have had a night where we were drinking and you showed me that scene. That is the only scene I know from that movie. I don't know any other scene. I haven't seen it. But I was yeah. laughing because I thought when you initially interjected, I thought you were laughing at the fact that Max thinks that Nathan Lane is a big guest star. And I, the, just is he the, not? The idea He's that a you, Broadway legend. Yeah. I I guess, but I wouldn't think that you would flag Nathan Lane as a big, huge guest. That's funny. I thought he's no, he's a bit. You know, he comes on the screen. You're like, oh, I know Nathan Lane. Yeah, exactly. I yes, I I would think he's almost expected. Like, oh yeah, that's a guy I've seen in other movies before. Who's a bigger <laughs> guest star, Tina Fey or Nathan Lane? I would think Tina Fey, but for it's just fascinating to me the things that you know and don't know. So sometimes I just flag it in my mind. Like, oh, that's interesting that he even knows Nathan Lane's name. It made me chuckle. There I am. Um, But yeah, but uh, the Martin Short. Anyway, so it's fun to come back to them because I haven't really like spent much time with them as actors. I can't think of the last Martin Short or Steve Martin movie that that I've seen, but they're so fucking good. Like Martin Short is an incredible actor. And I know this like goes without saying, like he's obviously like, like one of like the voices and faces like of the last 30 years in the world of comedy. But you know, you know what I mean? Like when it's, it's like one of those things where you're like people at the top of their game, you almost take them for granted. Cause you're like, yeah, of course, cool, whatever. And you're, you're kind of over them. And yeah, then Mike you just did that moments ago with, with, with Shane. <laughs> yes, me. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, but anyway, Martin Short, the, the acting, the writing is really, really fun. And Selena Gomez is awesome too. They're a weird trio, but it totally works. And uh, yeah, so I really recommend. It. It's it, a badass show too. Yeah, it's it, so it's, even because we, <laughs> we were trying to get you guys to watch it last night, or I just mentioned it, and then Shane tried to find it on Disney Plus, and he's like, "It's not on Disney Plus." <laughs> like, and we're like, "It's on Disney Plus." He's searching, he can't find it. And then Mike goes, "Do you?" Have-? My in-laws couldn't find it either. Yeah, and there's like, "Do you guys have the pr- uh, parent controls on it?" And then they took off the parent controls, and you could find it because there's a lot of swearing in it. Well, it's Disney, so you think, "Oh, just." 
not a bad, a lot of bad language is going to be on this. And I don't watch a lot of movies that have bad language on Disney, but they're swearing every other word here. So it didn't show up when I searched it because we were in the kids mode. It's less of a parental control. It's Netflix has this too, mm, where yeah. it can be just kids films and then every film can be open to you. And we had it on just kids films. Yeah. Uh, did you- so be careful because a lot of people who have Disney Plus have children and they're not going to be able to find it instantly. So this is a great tip. Mm. Did you did you watch any of it yet? Yeah. I, I fell asleep for the second episode. I, I was really enjoying it. Yeah. It, a little you- odd to see all the swearing. And it was it was hard for me to settle in and truly love it. But I could tell it's a show that I am really going to love. Yeah. And also just like the production value with the theme song. Like it, I love that feeling when you're into a show and you've watched the credit the opening credits like you know 10 times and each time you're like i'm so excited i'm so excited i'm so excited it does that thing the animations are great uh each episode sort of lives directed amazing it's so good it make it make i i went out um and i bought this this book by james andrew miller on the history of hbo uh and it just makes me want to be a studio executive so that's my next goal because uh, I'm an executive producer. Mentioned on, that a few times. Yeah, yeah that on was your show. in the last pod. No, too. but but I but I've got the book now, so I'll be all ready to go. Yeah. No, you you're you're going to be great in that role. Thank you. Um, Wonderful. Oh yeah, uh, what's your favorite Martin Short performance, guys? Whew. Wow, that's a good question. There's so many. Three Amigos, he's pretty good in. Yeah, Three Amigos is like such a staple of my childhood. That it's, a lot of people love him in Father of the Bride. Um, yeah. I don't know how that performance ages, but I know that they sort of love that as a supporting role, which is also a Steve Martin movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like there's something that's so obvious that I'm not remembering. He's in this movie called Inner Space, where uh, basically like Dennis Quaid shrinks down to like a micro like level and then ends up in Martin Short's body. And Martin Short has to like basically like it's a very like physical performance. It's, it's a lot. It's, uh, that was a favorite movie of mine growing up, but um, I haven't seen Mur- only murders in the building yet. I watched the first 10 minutes because you're not the first one to recommend it. Max. It is like, well, who else did Randall had, literally, I get a text from him like once every couple of weeks where he's like, have you watched it yet? Have you watched it yet? Mm. And I haven't got around to it and I'm going to, it's just, there is so many things to watch. Um, Shane, what's your recommendation for the next year? Unless you have a, a favorite Martin short that you wanted to mention. I was trying to think of that, so I'll put that to the side. Yeah. And my recommendation is The Curse of Von Dutch. Whoa. So Greg Veerman recommended this to me, and I take a Greg Veerman recommendation very seriously. You know, he's got some blatant misses, but he also has some really <laughs> awesome hits, uh, and this was a hit. It's. I'm surprised it's not more popular. I would think it's as good or better than Tiger King. Oh, wow. The storytelling is amazing. Um, what happens is amazing. The directing and editing is all five stars. Is it about the hat, it's, the baseball hat, Von Dutch? Yes, okay. but it's all about how it came to be, uh, the popularity. There's murder involved, lying, deceit. Whoa. You know, a- a- anything under the sun. There's, you know, sex and hot guys and women. And it's just everything you'd want in a, it's like pure candy to absorb and it's only three episodes mm. so it, it, they don't drag it out too long where is it and by the end of it you're just kind of blown away it's on prime i believe uh mikey what do you got uh well right before i get to my recommendation uh circling back to the jerk and the paint can scene <laughs> a lot of suspense on this recommendation Mike. <laughs> this better be damn good i would say so so this you're like jr diggs right so now. the sniper hits the uh <laughs> 
the sniper hits the cans and he's going, these cans are defective. And then the guy at the gas station goes, no, there's a guy shooting. And he goes, oh my God, this guy hates these cans. So it's a two joke bit, two joke wow. bit. Um, good writing, great writing. So uh, the thing I have been watching, I haven't finished it yet. It's seven episodes in. So the last uh, eight, nine, ten, the last three episodes haven't come out yet. But it is <laughs> a science fiction dystopian future thing called Station Eleven. It is based on a book uh, and it is currently on Crave. Um, it's an HBO Max original. And what's interesting about this one is it, it's, it's, <laughs> it's a, a story about what... 20 years after a pandemic. So mm. it's kind of a heavy ask to ask people to watch a show about a pandemic during a pandemic, but it is so well done and it jumps around in time and stars uh, uh, Mackenzie Davis and Himish Patel. And so you kind of get like all of the storytelling where it sort of shows the beginning of a pandemic. And this pandemic is obviously like way, way more like sort of um, deadly than this pandemic. I think like one in 1,000 survive it. So it's kind of like we jump around in time to 20 years in the future where basically Mackenzie Davis is part of this. And this was kind of interesting about it. It's like society's trying to rebuild with what little people they have left. And she's part of an acting troupe that does Shakespeare and they go to communities. So they're basically like a traveling music and theater group that is trying to sort of bring joy to this sort of like destitute sort of like, you know, uh, I don't know if it's like middle America in, in this sort of like post-apocalyptic world. So there's kind of that element while they keep flashing back to the the time we're living in now before sort of the pandemic took over. But it's like expertly crafted. It's super compelling. I'm seven episodes in and uh, I love it. So that's what I was watching on New Year's Eve. I uh, will not watch that show. I don't you won't. Watch that. So, yeah. so, so what, what's... I'm intrigued. Yeah, what's the, ba- the, the, the barrier to entry? Is the pandemic or the oh, yeah. sci-fi uh, or... Uh, Are you not a Mackenzie Davis? <laughs> yeah, it's Mackenzie Davis. I can't do it. <laughs> Canadian? Mackenzie Davis is your buried entry? Uh, but yeah, you just don't like you're and I feel like a lot of people would feel that way. You don't want to watch a show about a pandemic during a pandemic. No, or sci-fi for that matter. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm actually more interested in a pandemic show during a pandemic. That's what makes it kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Like you're kind of watching it. You get that weird like feeling as you're watching it. Like there's a whole the kind of episode that takes place just in an airport as it all starts to go down. It's so like you're so into it and you see the way that like people start to form alliances and figure out what's going on. It's like I'm just telling you, it's, it's a very, very cool fictional show. Um, and I deck it. I like it. And it's my reco. But I understand, Max, why you wouldn't want to do it or why some people wouldn't. Shane, what do you think is compelling about watching a pandemic show during a real pandemic? I don't, it's like don't look up. It's so yeah. apropos and you get to see, I don't know, other options, how people are handling it. It can give you ideas of what to do. If let's say if if it's 20 years in the future and things have presumably gotten as bad as they can get, you might say, oh, that's not that bad. As long as I got my NBA jam still working in the basement, (laughs) I'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I I just like to see options and other other ideas on how to handle things Mm. that we're currently going through, which is why I love documentaries for that reason. That's my favorite genre of film. It feels like the Von Dutch one could be a Haji documentary. You know what I mean? Brent Haji, Mm. a former guest of the podcast. It feels like... That'd be up his alley because he, he's taking on some funny, weird projects right now. And it feels like that's in that world. But it, this is more pure candy. The way it moves is is right up your alley, Max, because okay. it's it's unrelenting. I will watch it. I will absolutely watch yeah. it. Uh, so the question then is, should we do some stuff on Don't Look Up or should we get to Shane's surprise? I mean, we've got Ooh. about 10 minutes left here. So 
Listen here, we could do a Shane surprise, but the truth is there is no Shane surprise. And the truth is Max has been skipping Shane surprises for the last month and a half pretty much. So why even come up with a Shane surprise if you're Shane, right? Like what's the motivation? Do you have one? Do you have one? Of, of course not, man. I mean, <laughs> man, you've been skipping them like crazy. I I had I spent like three hours one day crafting a Shane surprise, and then you skipped it, and I was like, okay, pressure's off. Now I can put more work into perfecting the bit the next week, and the next bit you didn't even bother asking if I had one. <laughs> you know, I yeah. Okay, look, I had like a anyway. Let's talk about don't look up. Then. Go on. Yeah. Okay. Did you All guys right, watch so it? it we, I watched it. Shane, I'm assuming you watched it before. Max threw it in the text group uh, last night. He's like, who's watched it? We're reviewing it. Which always to me means Max just finished watching it. And he's like, we got to do it. So you guys upend your lives and sit through two and a half hour movie. Uh, luckily, I had time last night. I was actually watching that movie, Come On, Come On, with, mm. uh, with um, Joaquin Phoenix. Is, Is that it, on Netflix? Uh, I rented it. It's on like, I rented it on Apple. Just cause Is it good? I was... It is good. It's good, but it's like it's a throwback. It's it's slower and it's like mm. a character study, right? And it kind of moves at a different pace. And I'd be interested in what you guys thought. Uh, Mike, he Mike wrote Mills? and directed it. Yeah, Mike you got Mills. it. Yeah. What's he known for? Something good, right? He did a uh, Beginners. Uh, oh, and oh, I knew it was something like that. Yeah, the Beginners one with yeah, and then Twentieth Century Women was the one that he did in twenty sixteen. Yes, of course, with Annette Bening. Yeah, yep, you got okay, it. Okay, yeah. Uh, so then, yeah, this is his latest, and it's an interesting character study. It, it's obviously it's like it's it's. It's an expertly made film and it is compelling, but it just, it moves at it. Mm-hmm. It felt to me like the sort of movie that would like come out in like 1998. That would be like a Miramax film that would mm-hmm. get nominated. You know what I mean? It's just, it was, a di- it mm-hmm. feels like it's from a different time. Uh, that being said, I put that on pause and I was like, Maxie wants to do, don't look up. I'm going to watch this damn thing. So what did you guys think of this film? I mean, I, do people need to know what it is? It's the, it's the new Adam McKay film. Stars Leo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence. It is a uh, it's a movie about this asteroid, this this planet killer that is heading toward Earth that they discover about six months out or something like that. They try to notify the president. The president is very Donald Trump esque, and it's sort of like a commentary uh, on sort of uh, 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 our obsession with social media, where society is at right now, the way that the people in charge are more maybe more. Um, 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 indebted to what can make money as opposed to what's better for us. And, and ultimately, the reason I think Leo's involved is it's supposed to be, and correct me if I'm wrong, guys, is an allegory for climate change, meaning we all know that the planet is in big trouble. And even though it might be 100 years out or however long it is out, n- none of us are paying attention. We're all ignoring mm-hmm. it. Leaders don't care. We're not investing resources. And so it's supposed the asteroid is supposed to be a metaphor for climate change. Uh, and that is basically the setup. How did you guys sort of take it as a film, as a two, two and a half hour sort of entertainment experience? Well, it's also just about how anything can be refuted, mm-hmm. even if it's very blatantly in your face and the evidence is actually right there about to kill you. There, there will still be people who choose not to believe it and deny it and just would rather not think about their impending doom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think of it as a movie, though, Shane? I sound very old when I say this, but I fell asleep. My dad. It's the second time. My my dad always falls asleep through movies. So, yeah, I I loved the opening. I loved the first 20 minutes. I thought it was so. (laughs) A film reviewer who falls asleep is a funny sketch. Okay. um... It is, and the reviewer always has to fake his way through it. Like these reviews, like a Gene Shallot type, yes. has to go on TV, and he basically is. <laughs> Tim Tim Heidecker kind of has a, a thing going like this, which is similar. But 
okay, the, I thought it was expertly done. Awesome. I was so into it until I <laughs> yeah, fell asleep. I don't believe anything. <laughs> um, Alex woke me up for the last 10 minutes, and I, I thought the ending was awesome, too. So, <laughs> Nailed it. Stuck the landing. There's definitely a solid half hour in this movie. I know it's very polarizing. <laughs> It's very polarizing on Rotten Tomatoes, but uh, definitely two thumbs up from me. Would you? Th- <laughs> uh, let's just end you it. Think, let's just end the pod. That's okay. That's, that's, a good, that's a good way to end it. Okay. Uh, all right. Check out the movie if you want to want to see it. Maybe we'll talk about it another time. And to Adam McKay, thank you so much for listening. Have a great 2022. Uh, we can't wait to do a bunch more pods this year. Uh, see you later. Bye. Bye. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.